You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to the Nerd Room. We are back here today, episode 85. It's going down Studio B. I'm one of your hosts, Troy, and over here we got my boy. It's Sanjay. Welcome back, Troy. Uh, you know, thanks for joining me. I was a little tired doing it yesterday or last time by myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, man. Yo, you held the fort down. That's a great episode. I was uh, listening to it on my plane ride home. Well, thank you. And uh, gotta say, man, yeah, it's a great episode. Oh, thanks. Great episode. I, appreciate I, I know it. some movies now to stay away from. Yeah, looking out. Yeah, and you know, that's why you guys have me on this podcast, just as the casual moviegoer guy, I guess. That's right. And for you guys out there, first time listeners, if you don't know what we're about, this is the Nerd Room. We're talking everything comics, we're talking everything movies, and we're talking everything news. So we got the action figures, we got the posters, we got the movies. Everything goes down in this episode, and we got a jam packed episode for you guys today. Well, way to raise the bar pretty high. I mean, like, you should start them off saying, like, you know, we do all right. Like, sometimes we're shitty. Sometimes we're great. You know, lower expectations, Troy. It's all about low expectations. As a recently married man, you should learn that and learn that quick. Well, you know what? Going off the bat, I have to take that down a notch because we are missing our third member. And that is Tim, our regular host here on the Nerd Room, who holds it down. Tim is away, uh, unfortunately, at this time, but he is going to join us next week for a big episode 86. Well, we will be talking Star Wars. Yes. Most likely. Most likely. Again, you guys ready for that Star Wars Rebels? All that good stuff. Okay, so jumping into things not Star Wars, we're going to go right ahead and head into the DCEU. I like that. You know, Tim's away. Let's talk DC. Yes, put down the lightsabers and bring out the Batman cowl. Bring out the bat nipples. Ugh, sorry, Tim Burton. <laughs> Actually, no, Schumacher. No, the Schumacher. Yeah, the Schumacher nipples. Batman Robin is a masterpiece. It is one of the funnest movies you'll ever go to. Honestly, I honestly think that, you know, like if you see Rocky Horror Picture Show, they always like play it and people dress up as their favorite characters because it's like, it's so bad that it's good. Batman and Robin is so bad that it's like turned around the bad and has started being good again. It's pretty damn funny. You know, it's probably the longest running commercial, toy commercial I've ever seen in my life. Well, it worked. I mean, we're all Batman fans. And, and I love we, those toys. Yeah. I had the Bane, Mr. Freeze. I had the Batmobile that lit up. and just You had that? Look. I had that Batmobile. The engine would light up and look just like the movies. It's crazy. Man, if I could beat you up, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> but that would not go so well for me. So, uh, back to Batman. Yeah, back to Batman. So, going back maybe about a week ago, Matt Reeves came out with uh, some news during a press junket there stating that his new take on the Batman film won't necessarily be in the current DCEU franchise. Led a lot of the general audience and us comic nerds, you know, pretty confused. Um, turn that around now, this time this week... And Matt Reeves have now come out confirming that he takes back what he says, and this film, The Batman, is actually currently going to be in the DCEU alongside with all the other films like Man of Steel and The Wonder Woman. Sanjay, i got to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> Alright, so I might go off on a tangent here, but here's the thing. Every time DC releases news or someone does an interview that's you know involved in the DC Extended Universe, people lose their mind. It's almost as if, like, people from D.C. ran over their dog. It's insane. Like, literally, 
this is what would happen. Zack Snyder could cure cancer. And the headline the next day would say, <clears throat> Zack Snyder puts millions of doctors out of work. Like, that is just the way it is. I don't know what Zack Snyder and the rest of the DCEU did. But anyways, getting off my high horse here. I think the comments got misstrewed and they got lost in translation. Uh, he gave an interview. And for those who didn't read it or hear about it, I believe he said something to the effect of... Um, Batman, this is going to be a standalone film. And everyone took this as, oh my God, Batman's out of the DCEU. This is, Ben Affleck's not going to be involved anymore. It's going to be the guy who does the motion capture for Planet of the Apes. He's going to be the new Batman. I forget his name. He's in Avengers. Uh, what's his name? Not too sure. The, the motion just... capture guy. Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, oh, yeah. Okay. No, He's going to be the new Batman? Nah, that's oh, what people would probably crazy. want. I don't know. <laughs> Come Clayface. That would be actually really cool. Mm-hmm. They need to do Clayface. But anyways, um, now I totally forgot where I was, but I was on my soapbox and I was bashing people. Um, no, seriously though. And then what it really meant was that this is a standalone Batman film. So we're not going to see Flash. We're not going to see Wonder Woman. There's going to be no distractions or side characters. This is going to be a strictly Batman story. And do you know what else was a strictly Batman story? The Christopher Nolan movies strictly focused on Batman and telling his story. And I think this is a good move. Sometimes, you know, you can cram too much continuity or other stuff that can take away from the movie. And this one, you know, lets us focus. Wonder Woman had a little bit of that with Batman, uh, Wayne Enterprises giving her the gift. But for the most part, it was a strictly Wonder Woman film. We didn't see the Flash show up. We didn't see anyone else show up. You know, I like I like that. You know, sometimes I do like seeing that. Like when you're in watching a Marvel film and Captain America shows up in Thor. You know, that can work sometimes. But give me a standalone Batman film. I'm in. Matt Reeves is a wonderful director. Ben Affleck's a wonderful actor. Troy, what are your thoughts? Okay. So, guys, everyone out there. <laughs> you know, I love, I love the DC comic books. Big fan. I love Man of Steel. Big, big fan. I really like Wonder Woman. Big, big fan. Everything else, not so much <laughs> with the DCEU. I've been on board since Wonder Woman, and I've been loving every move that the DCEU uh, has made. Hearing these comments that came out about a week ago from Matt Reeves, I was shaking my head. I was like, man, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're confusing me right now, and you're confusing the general audience. In this day and age, you can't use the word standalone and then try and take that back when you do know it's to go forward with the the cinematic universe, right? I feel like you just can't use those words. And I feel like he's a smarter director than that. And I, and I also feel like WB was kind of like, man, you really need to fix those comments because that isn't what, that's not the message we want to give the audience. We want to make sure that Batman is a focal point in this universe. And we don't want to take Batman out of this, um, out of this universe. So I, I feel like that's kind of weird on Matt Reeves part. Um, I'm totally up for a standalone um, Batman film contained in this universe. I, I you know, he, we, we get it all the time in the comics, we get uh, the court of owls. You won't see Superman. You won't see any of those characters. So right. that's great. And I'm all for it. Um, the other thing though, still, this still doesn't, re- um, this still doesn't convince me that Ben Affleck is going to be um, showing up in this film. Um, not to mention he is directing now a new firefighting movie of some sort for Sony. Oh, really? Been, I never even heard of that. That's right. That's just been announced. And Casey Affleck it might be in that movie as well. Stupid you know? Casey Affleck. So, hey, those guys did the great stuff <laughs> with uh, Gone Baby Gone. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, this the, these comments are weird, but I am glad to hear now it's confirmed Batman is still going to be in the DCEU because... You know, he's made his appearance, but he's only really had one proper film, and that was BVS, and it wasn't received 
it was pretty pretty divided. Well, fifty percent loved it, 50%, <laughs> especially it in the nerd room. Thirty three percent loved it from the nerd room. Not fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but fifty percent. It would kill for fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know this news now. The new news um has me backing up totally, and I can't wait to see what goes down with whoever plays Batman in the future. So that's my take on this. I'm, I'm sure Tim has some things to say about that. But keeping it DC, yes. we're moving alongside now with The Joker. Now, The Joker movie is meant to be directed by Martin Scorsese, which is fantastic. This guy is done one of my all-time films, Goodfellas. Such you a good know, movie. Such a good movie. And then you put him with Joker. This is this is going to be interesting. The Departed. Uh, uh, the Departed, right? Casino. Did he do Casino? He did do Casino. Yeah. yeah he did. He, he was did one Hugo, of your, uh, too, for his kids. top five directors, wasn't he? Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Joker standalone movie is not attached to the DCEU. Again, we're, we're going to the standalone territory, meant to be set in the 80s, but this is when it gets confusing. We still are getting another Joker movie alongside with Harley Quinn, which will be like a team-up movie between the two. Still not sure if that's going to be Jared Leno. We do know for sure the 80s film that is meant to be directed by Scorsese will not be Jared Leno. So those are two completely different Jokers in two different timelines. Kind of confusing again. Sanjay, what do you think? Well, at first, when I heard the news, I was a little bit disappointed because I was like, this is going to confuse general audiences. You know, this is going to cause chaos. But then I thought, you know, DC tried to do something like this back in the day. So I don't know if you remember, Troy, but uh, when The Dark Knight was filming, um, I think it had just finished filming, George Miller, director of Mad Max, he was set to do a Justice League movie. A young Justice League. A young Justice League movie with a Batman. Army Hammer. Army Hammer with a Superman. I don't remember who was set to it, play Superman. It was meant to be Henry Cavill at the time, too. Oh, really? But then, um, I forgot his name from Returns. Brandon Ralph ended yeah. up becoming the Superman later on. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, is he supposed to be in that Justice League movie? I believe Cavill was meant to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they were eyeing him for a long time. Right. Superman. So you had, two different su- you had two different heroes, different Superman, a different Batman. And this was going to be a standalone film. And I think it would have been an awesome film. And I'm really disappointed the writer's strike robbed us of seeing that excellent Justice League film. But, you know, the thing is, audiences, I don't think, care as much as we care. I think the hardcore nerds would lose it. Um, And I think they got to just get over it. Because, okay, let's go back to that scenario where the writer's strike doesn't happen. Are you going to tell me then that you have Justice League and The Dark Knight Rises coming out within a year in two separate universes that fans would have been upset? They would have been like, we got this amazing The Dark Knight movie, and but it's not connected to the Justice League movie. This is a travesty. No, they would have been like, oh my god, we got an amazing you know Justice League story and we got an amazing Dark Knight story. So comics do this all the time. I mean, look, you got Batman, you got Detective Comics... He's also in Justice League. He shows up in Batman and Robin. He's also in World's Finest with Superman. He's in Trinity with Superman and Wonder Woman. Batman is in a lot of comic books, you know? So in my opinion, they're kind of copying the comics, but it is weird. It's something that hasn't been done before. Yeah, you know, see, the thing is with that is, is comparing the comics to the movies is so different because the comic books, I feel, have a niche of people that, you know, uh, say, for instance, me, I love the Batman comics. I don't necessarily dip into the detective comics. That's not, not to say that they're bad comics, but I just kind of stay away from them. You go into the films now, if you were to have the Nolan universe, which was brilliant, and at the same time you had the Justice League movie, the young Justice League movie come out, and that Batman sucked. 
what would that do to Christopher Nolan? You know, that, that's a big reason why Christopher yeah. Nolan was so protective of not having Batman appear on Smallville. At the time, they were really pushing to get uh, Bruce Wayne to show up in Smallville, but instead right. they ended up bringing in uh, Oliver Quinn, Oliver yeah. Queen, yeah. to be that billionaire playboy. And Christopher Nolan didn't want had wanted nothing to do with that because he's built up this Batman character from the Schumacher and he he's really trying to protect that uh, that franchise. So I think that shows a lot. You know, it, it'd be like doing um, The Dark Knight Rises, but then you also have the Halle Berry Catwoman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, what does that do to that film? So it's unfortunate because I, I was interested in that. I think George Miller is an incredible director and that would have been such a cool take to see a young Justice League before we had the new 52 yeah. in 2011. Yeah. So that would have been pretty cool. But all in all, I'm confused. And the thing is, I don't... If you're sitting in a Joker film... In 1980, that gives you so much time to still explore in the same universe. Why not just make it, not necessarily Jared Leno, but just make it the same Joker, but he's yeah. younger. I, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have that timeline. The only thing I can think of is this. Some of the best DC stories we've gotten are Elseworld stories. So you look at Kingdom Come, you look at The Dark Knight uh, Returns. I always get that confused with Dark Knight Rises. I know. Yeah, <laughs> right with everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Um, you got Superman, Red Sun. You got Batman, The Killing Joke. Those are all standalone stories. So maybe this gives them a chance because, okay, in the DCEU, you can't kill off Batman, right? Right. Or at least you can't kill him off and not bring him back. But if you have a standalone film, everything's fair game because it's just a one-off. So, you know, treat these as something different because that's what they used to be until uh, Marvel started with their Avengers line was everything was just one-off. So what happened in the Christopher Reeves Superman films didn't affect what happened in the Michael Keaton Batman films. Going going with that, though, do you think it's uh, it's fair for the DCEU to double dip in the goods? I mean, Joker's a big you know character. Batman's a big character. There's so many cool characters to explore. Do we really need them to you know waste the, the time and effort on a, a Joker standalone when we could still be building up a, a Green Lantern film or a Birds of Prey film? Like Because... For every standalone film they're doing out there, they're not putting out movies of characters we have not seen yet on the big screen that are connected still in the DCU. And I also feel like they're kind of riding the the heels off of uh, Fox's Wolverine. Yeah. That's pretty standalone. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not totally up for it, but I'm still, you know, riding the DCU train and I I am looking forward to uh, the Justice League film. You know, you bring up a good point, Troy. I mean, here we are... We've had one Superman film, and he was in Batman v Superman, so he's in two, I guess. But we still have no word on a Man of Steel 2. We still have no word on a Flash director. You know, there's so many core characters. I do worry that WB, as you said, is double-dipping. They're going too much with the Batman universe. It is the highest-selling property that they have, but... Look at what Wonder Woman did. It showed that there is a yearning, there's a love of other characters at DC that aren't just Batman. And you don't want DC fans to resent Batman. I mean, if you're a hardcore Superman fan or hardcore Aquaman fan or hardcore Flash fan, you get quite upset because all you see is Batman, Batman, Batman. And that's what the people want, which is fine because he is awesome. But there's more than just Batman. You know, this isn't the Batman universe. So you, you bring an interesting point. I think absolutely they need to, you know, before they get to these like second Batman universe, make a Man of Steel 2. Exactly. You know, give us something. Maybe they're waiting for after Justice League when he officially returns. I hope so. Right. Because the lack of Superman news has been very disheartening. 
absolutely agree. And I've been reading a lot of Superman right, right now, and I'm, uh, you know, just craving something like him from on the big screen. And, and and going into the double dipping factor, we're witnessing it right now. The Spider-Man universe. This is crazy. You know, they're giving us a Black Widow and uh, uh, Black and Silver movie that has Spider-Man in it or doesn't. We don't know. It's, they're giving us a Venom movie, a Sinister Six movie, and it's kind of, you know, tarnishing the Spider-Man rep. And I feel like that is the blueprint right there to stay away from. Yeah, I mean, definitely if you look at the box office gross of Spider-Man Homecoming, it was good, Mm -hmm. but I think it was a little bit less than people were expecting. Yeah, for box office-wise, it was for sure. I predicted pretty high on that one. I think 150 or something I predicted, and I I love that movie, so go out there and support it and see it. But uh, (laughs) the thing with that movie is it made more profit than The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because their budget was drastically lower than what they blew on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, but the less about Amazing Spider-Man 2, the better. <laughs> Can you say one nice thing about that movie? I love that costume. I, yeah. I when you know when I first saw Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 costume, it's it is the most comic accurate Spider-Man costume we've had. Those eyes are like the perfect size of not being too big or not too small. You know, they're bigger than the Steve Ditko, but they're a lot smaller than uh, the Tom McFarlane. So I do like those eyes. The costume is cool. And uh, there's some pretty cool web swinging going on in there. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> should we uh, get off Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah, let's should, get, should let's we get... just uh, jump into Spider-Man 3 and just go through the doldrums of Spider-Man history? <laughs> let's just get away from Sony completely and talk about this new thing going on here. So we're in a world right now where everything's being streamed. We have Netflix. We have Hula, we have Crackle, and we have Amazon, and plenty more out there. But now, coming along the side, is a WB subscription plan, and as well, Disney is coming through with their uh, subscription plan. This is big. This is really big, I think, because Disney as a whole is just such a huge uh force to be reckoned with you yeah. know it's like it's like was it by and large from the pixar yeah. universe you know that's what disney yeah. basically is right <laughs> yeah. yeah they're just dominating they're gonna send us up in space and we're all gonna become overweight go Sounds watch wally for me. that reference yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i'm dying to hear your thoughts what do you think of you know disney taking over and you know basically having this streaming subscription it's interesting because this really fractures Netflix and it really hurts Netflix because a lot of people buy Netflix or subscribe to Netflix for the Marvel TV series. We just had Defenders drop. We have Daredevil, like two seasons of Daredevil, Iron Fist, um, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Uh, there's a Punisher one coming out. So these are big, big projects. And now I don't know if they're going to stay at Netflix because Netflix had paid for them originally. And they're Netflix originals, so I'd imagine yeah. they'd have to. Yeah. So if you're Disney, you know, you'd know you fight to try to get that back. And so it's going to be interesting. I think this is going to really hurt network TV. I think a lot of people, you know, as we gain more subscription services, people today are very lazy. They want stuff right away. Instant gratification. And... You know, if I have to sit and wait to watch an episode of Big Brother or Green Arrow, I, I don't watch much TV. <laughs> um, it's Arrow, actually. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fixing my glasses over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if I have to sit and wait once a week for an episode to come out, you know, that used to be the norm, but not anymore. So I think all these big TV shows are going to go out on subscription services. So it's really going to hurt the Foxes, the CBSs, the ABC. Well, ABC is owned by Disney, so they'll be okay. But, uh, you know, Disney, this could be a huge moneymaker for them as well because all their animated films might be coming on this. And, you know, that's a huge, huge deal. Some of those animation films, as they say, 
they put him away in the vault and you can't even watch him for years. Right. Especially with the quality coming out. I mean, when you have Netflix around the corner, even right now, currently, they will uh, produce shows, not produce shows, but you can stream shows 4K even on some Netflix shows. Yeah, I saw that. You know, so once Disney gets a hold of that, you know, you're going to be watching The Fox and the Hound in 4K. Which is going to be pretty crazy. Um, there, there's so much Disney can do. There's so much that Disney can do here, and um, it's it's scary for everybody else out there. I feel like network TV as a, as a whole has been just dropping anyways as yeah. it is, and I feel like Disney. It's only a matter of time before they monopolize off of that, which is looks like what they're doing, especially when they can offer things like exclusives. So let's just say you go out there and. You, you, you subscribe to this thing and you, you get access to Frozen like a month later. Frozen 2. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Frozen 2 is going to be in theaters for, let's see, a runtime of three months. Yeah. And then boom, it's going to hit that Disney subscription or Disney, I don't know what's called, Disney Stream. We'll call it Disflix. <laughs> Dis- <laughs> <laughs> Disflix and chill. It'd be kind of weird though trying to like chill with your date watching like a Disney animated yeah, movie. 101 Dalmatians. Have you ever tried to make it with your wife while watching a Disney animated film? Yeah, one. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever gets you in the mood, okay? You know, yeah, whatever like, it is. Yeah, I'm not, is. I'm not here to judge, okay? <laughs> that walk in the park scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something else. So uh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy. And then, you know, moving on over now to WB. This seems kind of interesting. Now, obviously, WB's a big uh, factor in the game. Um, they don't have the Disney power, but they're they're right behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is, I do know they're offering a Young Justice season three is going to oh. be streamed to these guys, so that we can Sold. only get it to them. Sold, right? right? And then <laughs> jinx, <laughs> jinx you over your beer, and <laughs> and two, you're also going to be able to get like um, I don't I don't want to say it's a CW, but you're going to get the live action. Um, Teen Titans, oh. which we will finally see Dick Grayson because you can't do a Teen Titans movie or a TV show without Dick Grayson uh, leading the uh, the cast. Oh, so absolutely. you being a DC guy here, like, what are your thoughts on on what this uh, streaming device can offer? <laughs> you know, it used to be streaming had everything, but now my wall is going to take a hit because now I got to get the Disney one, I got to get the Netflix one, I got to get the WB one. Now I'm excited. I mean, Young Justice, as we said, is just such a tremendous show. I've been wanting to catch up on it, but I can't find it anywhere. Like, is it on Netflix? Is it-, it was on Netflix, yeah. Season 1, Season 2 is on there. Is it still there? I don't know if it's still there. Okay. I don't know, but I do know at a time it was. Um, you, you know, Netflix, that's the other thing. They've had so many good shows in there from, um, and, and Tim can hear me on this one, Avengers, is it Avengers? Mighty, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Love Avengers. that show, yeah. Great cartoon on there. Um, they have the Clone Wars the whole season, and then they also have, at least at one point, they did have the uh, Young Justice season one and season two. So I'm sure they'll probably move right over to the WB streaming device along with uh, season three of Young Justice. Uh, one thing that Disney has really been hurting on, and they don't hurt on much, but their home video sales. So I follow, is a website called, I believe it's By the Numbers, and they track home video sales. Now, they've been abysmal the last couple of years compared to what they used to be. But Disney is falling behind. Their Marvel movies don't sell as well on home video as DC. And I think part of the reason is you can watch the Marvel movies on Netflix. Right. Civil War, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, all on Netflix. Yeah. Rogue One. Rogue all One. That stuff, yeah. Absolutely. DC, you can't watch Man of Steel on Netflix. You can't watch Batman v Superman, I, Suicide I, I Squad. I think BBS was on Netflix. Pretty sure. I haven't seen on... it. Yeah, I think. 
thought it was on there. I okay, I'll have, I'll have to double check. There. Whoever's right. listening to this, you can do a fact check. I guess we could just fact check. Yeah. But we're too Any, lazy. Anyone listening out there, write yeah. in the comments and be like, Troy, shut up. What are you talking about? It's not on or Netflix. Or Sanjay, you're the know. worst. Get out of here. <laughs> we, but we still love you. Yeah. Where's Tim? Tim. <laughs> yeah. Tim would know. Tim would know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe, you know, Disney, they're not dumb. So they see that and they say, we're losing all this money to Netflix. So maybe we should take that money. And I think Warner Brothers, they would be smart not to put their DC films on that subscription service, especially the ones that are part of the DCEU, because those do really well on home video. I think Suicide Squad was number two last year for comic book movies, and Batman v Superman was number three. Number one was Deadpool. So they both beat Civil War. That's crazy. Yeah. Even though that had the bigger box office. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see if it continues that way with this streaming device coming out. I imagine all those WB movies are going to transfer over. You'd think, yeah. Yeah. But they, they should be cautious because you don't want to like cannibalize your business. And you know Netflix is kind of doing that with Disney. WB would be smart to kind of stay away from that because you know those home video sales. It's a way to get the movies into the hands of viewers. You know, if you didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, get it in home video. You can watch it before Justice League comes out. And you have to pay, instead of a $10 movie ticket, you pay 20 30 40 bucks for a 4K version, right? So, you know, your, your profits are a lot bigger compared to your ticket sales. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting, actually, that you bring that point up because, you know, um, are you familiar with the app or the service called MoviePass? I heard about that, yeah, where you can just pay 10 bucks a month and watch unlimited movies in theater. Exactly. When this thing came out, I believe it was $40 and is a little limited and then dropped to 30 and now it's dropped down to $10. Interesting. Right? That's huge. I would be watching Homecoming every second day. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had something for Wonder Woman and BVS where I think you paid $100, maybe it was less, and you could watch that movie anywhere, anytime in the U.S. in theaters for free. So how do they accumulate the box office sales off that then? They just the one time purchase, probably just a one time, and then after that it goes under just the record or yeah, the radar. They probably don't even like count it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I would do that for Wonder Woman or BVS. Well, they need to do something. I know we're going on a tangent here, but I think the movie theaters um, need to do something to uh, to bring up the the theater going audience, you know, experience because I feel like with all these other streaming devices and i have said like fifty thousand times but there's no other way to put it with all these things coming out there you know they're taking away from going to the theaters and really staying home you know there's that box that's coming out i think it's 150 for the box and you can pay 30 or 40 dollars treat it like a pay-per-view fight everybody pitches in and watches you know avengers if anywhere at home within a 24-hour period i think you have as a rental yeah it's it's crazy but you know it's it's scary because i love the movie theaters you love the movie theaters absolutely tim loves the movie theaters and i think it's kind of scary because we're gonna get to a point where you're gonna walk past the movie theater on a monday and it's closed yeah you know we're only gonna see these things open on a thursday friday weekend um opening right so it's, it's scary yeah i mean you know me i'm a huge fan of blockbuster and rogers video absolutely you, you, blockbuster is in your basement I absolutely yeah <laughs> come over you know i can give you a movie pass yeah late fees yeah absolutely oh, okay, yeah. two shoot. days two days oh, it's late fees there yeah uh but i saw the writing on the wall with that with netflix and i'm seeing the writing on the wall for home video sales because if you go to a walmart you go to a best buy the home video sale rack is abysmal. I have a better selection than Best Buy right now, my local Best Buy, which is crazy. Damn. And it's stupid because that's a big retail chain. So if, where am I going to buy my movies from nowadays, you know? And I I see the writing on the wall for home video or for uh theaters. for theaters. Yeah. yeah. I don't you know, it's sad to say, but in 5 years are we even going to have a theater anymore? 
it's crazy to say, but this year has been the worst year for box office gross in, I think, 12 years. Yeah, I know at least the summer has. The summer, uh, August, from yeah. August and everything up, it's, it's, I think it's an all-time low. Yeah. Which is scary. I, I don't think movie theaters are going to go. I just feel like the, the time of when you can go in within the week is going to be very, very limited. I think you're always going to have at least the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even the Thursday, because the Thursday's been pushed to like that sneak peek um, kind of uh, showing now these days. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. You know, The movie theaters really need to step their game up and kind of figure out a new way to really intrigue the audience to, to make that effort to come out there. I mean, I used to go to movies all the time. And that's who goes to movies, young people. You go on a date, you take your date to a movie. That's just what I used to do growing up, right? And that's kind of like the standard dinner in a movie. Yep. Um, so that's, you know, when you get older and you start having kids, you don't make it out to the movies as much, especially the first couple of years. Yeah. I mean, that's just normal. That's part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what the market is they're missing, is the young people. Why do young kids today think it's passe to go to a movie theater? I mean, as you said, you could just stay home and Netflix and chill. That's exactly it. That's that's what it is. Yep. I mean, you got to find a way to drive the young kids out again. I mean, look at the drive-in theater. That used to be king. You go to any rural Canadian prairie city and they'd have a drive-in movie theater. Always wanted to go to one of those. Uh, have you ever, you've never been? Never been. I've been to two. Oh. Such a fun experience. Yeah. yeah it's, cool. And then you like put on the radio and it comes through your radio speakers. That's the sound. Great. Yeah, it was cool. And I miss that. I mean, I've only been to a couple, but I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. And those died out because they became passe. I don't know why, but I think it would be really cool to, especially in wintertime, to go to like a movie like The Thing where it's set in Antarctica. Oh, shit. Yeah, there you go. That'd be cool. Maybe maybe environmental reasons people didn't go. Oh, no. No, that's not true. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, idling hay, I guess. Maybe the cars. Are, no, I don't I know. Well, I guess if it's winter and it's cold out, you got to have the heat cranked. Yeah. And you can't let your truck idle or your car idle. Well, you could just use the body heat. <laughs> yeah driving and chill yeah That's exactly <laughs> so they gotta find a way could that be though just that this year the movies weren't as strong as previous years you had wonder woman you had spider-man homecoming great great hits yeah we've had some of the best all uh comic book movies ever but then uh, you got transformers pirates of the caribbean which apparently wasn't very good i haven't seen it yet yeah. you got the mummy yeah. You got, you know, you got a couple that have kind of bombed. Yeah, but you know, it's not over yet. We've got Thor. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It could be horrible. I think it's going to be great. It looks good. I'm, I'm starting to warm up to Justice League. Looks great. We've had Spider-Man. We've had Wonder Woman. We've had Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not a big fan of Logan, but I'm in the small minority. A lot of people yeah. really love that movie. Um, and we still have Kingsman coming around the corner. That's right. Like you know? three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So I I, I, I still stand by it. I think we, this is probably one of the best comic book movies seasons we've had and and that's the driving force behind the theaters keeping them alive is the comic book movies as much as uh, the pretentious hollywood audience wants to you know, look down at them <laughs> yeah hey it's keeping it alive absolutely yeah. if you don't have those big blockbuster movies you're not going to have chance to display your artsy films yeah and i do enjoy you know the kind of slow budget horror film or oh, yeah. you know the artsy films here and there but my love is comic book movies and you know i'm not the only one and they definitely drive the box office so we got to find some way to get the young kids out to movies again. We got to make it cool. Should we do like a rap for young kids? I'm not a good rapper. Not a good <laughs> <laughs> young kids go to movies today. Don't be lame. Go to movies today. I can't find a word that rhymes with today. I'm such a bad rapper. Anyway. <laughs>
Well, we're a team, mother. It. There you have it. Well, if you're ner- new to the nerd room, this is also something else we do. Yeah. We, uh, well, Sanjay wraps <laughs> on the nerd room every now and then. You so, know, they uh, call me uh, Grandmaster Sanjay. There you go. There you yeah. go. So for you guys listening in the comments, please do write out uh, some lyrics <laughs> for Sanjay. Yeah, I mean, you know, give me your best uh, rap lyrics for how you can get young kids to go to movies today. <laughs> <laughs> So, Troy, you mentioned an interesting point when you talked about pay-per-view fights. Did you watch the huge Mayweather versus McGregor fight on the weekend? Yeah, I watched it in my head about a month ago when I heard about this fight coming, <laughs> and I already predicted exactly what was going to happen. So, yeah, you can say I watched you it. You didn't shell out the 100 bucks? No, no, I knew for sure Mayweather was taking that oh, win. Oh, for sure. Hands down. But you got to admit, there was some intrigue to that fight. There was some intrigue. Um, I didn't know Mayweather was that much of an intelligent boxer where he could analyze his opponent for three rounds and then figure him out and then take him out yeah. through the seven. But, you know, hats off still to McGregor. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I look forward to seeing him challenge Michael Phelps in a swim meet next time. <laughs> <laughs> we could challenge him to a podcast off. There we go. Yeah, we you go. heard that first, McGregor. <laughs> we can't offer you $100 million, but what we can offer you is publicity. And some comic knowledge. There you, go. there you go. So the reason why we're talking about this is today's topic, top five fights in comic books. So what I did was I went off the Mayweather-McGregor template, so I just chose one-on-one fights. I don't know if you did the same, Troy. Did the same. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. All right, so we're going to start with our top five. Um, rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Here we go. All right, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, oh shoot. So we okay. both pulled out scissors. <laughs> Not like literal scissors, no. but like in rock, paper, scissors. All right, let's do this again. Rock, paper, scissors. We both rock. rock. This is crazy. <laughs> this is going down. Like all right, all right. This all right. is it. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> We just both pulled out paper. We're not even playing. This like, is, this we're is... not even playing. This is three in a row. All right. This is for all the gold. All right. Think of it. Think of it. Okay. I got it. Ready? Got it. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, oh rock smashes scissors. scissors. Yeah. Yep. Sunjay smash. There we go. Sunjay smash. <laughs> all right. So I'm going first. My list will probably be DC heavy. Cool. I, I don't know if your list will be. Uh, we'll a little bit. Okay. We'll all right. So... As I said, part of what made the McGregor-Mayweather fight so intriguing was there's two men from two different worlds. And in comic books, there is two large worlds, Marvel and DC. And so for my fight number five, I chose two men from two different worlds, Thor from Marvel and Superman from DC. Nice. So this is from the amazing crossover Justice League vs. Avengers, issue two. If If you haven't got a chance, read it. Right now, it is fantastic. It is probably one of the best crossovers, and it is the best Marvel and DC crossover they've ever done. So this fight, it's short, it's brief, but it's the two, I think, the two biggest heavyweights in each respective universe. I think Thor is the the top of the Marvel universe, and Superman is the top of the DC universe. So this fight starts out, Thor, you know, he's trying to hit Superman with the hammer. Superman grabs the hammer and Thor freaks out, and he says something to the effect of, Odin's beard, um, no one in the Nine Realms could ever stop my hammer. And then Superman has this amazing line. He goes, too bad in my universe, the dial goes up to 11. And I was like, oh, oh. Superman, he burned you. So he grabs uh, the hammer, uses his laser vision, takes out Thor, and he goes, this may be the single greatest opponent I've ever fought. And it was just so cool to see these two titans clash on page it's something that i've bashed my action figures around you know trying to find who from marvel could take out big blue and 
I hate to say it, Tim, but I don't think anyone can. Do, do you, Troy? Like, if you had to choose one king of Marvel to take on Big Blue in a pay-per-view McGregor-Mayweather super fight, who would it be? Okay, here it goes, guys. I'm taking it back here a long, long time ago. One of my first things how I got into comic books were Marvel cards. You know, right. going way back to those 80s. And, you know, there was this certain card. He was a big, giant green guy. Goes by the name of the Incredible Hulk. Oh. You flip that card around. It shows his strength, stamina, intelligence, all that stuff. Yep. Hulk's strength was off the charts. This guy was a mean green fighting machine. He still is. Yeah. And I always stand by it to this day. If Superman, and I like Superman a lot. Yeah. But if Superman was to cross paths with the Hulk, Hulk would smash all over that. <laughs> well, you know, they did in DC versus Marvel. Okay. And yeah. They fought. I was going to ask and you. And they, so fought. Have they, have they fought. Superman won. What? Big Blue took him out. Who was writing that comic? <laughs> America. <laughs> I think that was one where you actually voted on. Oh, okay. So there was like five predetermined, but that was one where you voted on, and America voted on Superman uh, to beat must, Hulk. They must not have had those Marvel cards that I started back then. <laughs> if only they knew. <laughs> All right, Troy, who do you got for number five? Okay, man, this is cool. So I'm taking it back to 1974. Okay. All right. The Incredible Hulk, just coming off the heels of the Hulk. Yep. The Incredible Hulk, issue 180 and 181, written by uh, Len uh, Wyan. Um, I hope I, I got that name right there. But uh, this is the first appearance of the Wolverine. This is a pretty cool comic. Um, you know, everybody knows the ins and outs and the history of Hulk and Wolverine. And, yep. you know, this is such a cool character at the time to see, you know, so yeah. much mystery. Uh, I don't think we actually had an origin to the Wolverine of, of Wolverine Logan till about early 2000s with that little book, uh, The Origin of Wolverine, which right. is a great book if you haven't read it. Great um, title. It tells you exactly what it is. <laughs> it tells, yeah, yeah, great title. Too bad the movie didn't leave up leave up to uh, to that comic book. But yeah, this is a must-have. And, you know, this, this book's so cool too yeah. because there's so much importance from that book going right into old man logan because logan and the and the hulk and the banner they've the banner logan and banner <laughs> they've been going at it bumping heads since yeah. his first appearance so a lot of weight holds down in this book there's also another character that the hulk was fighting i believe in this issue some kind of like white sasquatch looking thing and and the wolverine interrupted that he made a short little appearance in issue 80 or 180 and then had a full-out blown appearance in issue 181 if you can get your hands on this bad boy oh you're my hat's, money. To, my hat's off to you yeah that's crazy that's an awesome pull i totally didn't even think of that you know it's such an iconic image with wolverine coming out and he's got the classic yellow costume yeah, on with the short ears and kind, yeah kind of like a tiger in a way yeah really. it's, yeah it's kind of funny yeah. I, I haven't seen them duel it out on screen in the cartoons. I don't think they've ever crossed paths. In the X-Men universe, when they had that cartoon in the 90s, I don't think Hulk ever was there. No, but there was um, there was a there was a movie, an animated movie, that came out a little while back. I think it was oh, 10 yes, years. Hulk versus. Hulk versus, when you get to see Hulk versus Thor. Yeah. Which is cool. And then you get to see Hulk versus uh, Wolverine. And Deadpool even shows up in that Really? One, I totally is, forgot about cool. that. Yeah. I, ha- I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. It's probably somewhere in that library of yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing Marvel doesn't put out a lot is their animated films. They're definitely cut back on those. They really have. They really have. But, you know, they had some cool stuff going on when they were doing these motion comics. You oh, know, yeah. they adapted Joss Whedon's uh, The X-Men Gifted. Oh, which was sweet. pretty cool. And yeah. they, they, they did some anime stuff too when Blade had an anime series and X-Men had an anime series. Uh, Wolverine had an anime series. Those were pretty cool. But, you know, I, I feel like do- both departments right now, DC... Warner Brothers and Marvel Disney are both slacking in the animated department. Yeah. But hats off for sure for WB because they they were holding it down for a while back. It's yeah. just everything since uh Batman Blood but Batman Bad Blood 
and uh, Teen Titans. All those movies have kind of fallen off. Yeah. Even Aquaman, Aquaman wasn't even that good. I was so disappointed by that. Uh, they had so much potential. Yep. Throne of Atlantis was a great, great story. And that actually brings me into number four. Boom. Boom. Nice segue. Yeah, look at that. We're eh? just on point today. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so my number four... Aquaman versus his brother Ocean Master. Nice. Now this takes place in Throne of Atlantis, Justice League number 17 of the New 52 run. Now, reading this when the New 52 came out, I didn't even bother with Aquaman. And this run, I read it in Justice League and I was like, Aquaman is awesome. Like, I I saw Jeff Johns was writing Justice League. He was also writing Aquaman. So I immediately went, picked up the Aquaman book and fell in love with the character. Just such a great character. This is a Shakespearean kind of tale where it's his brother versus brother and the winner gets the crown. Oh. Yeah, so the winner gets the crown of Atlantis. And Ocean Master, you know, he tricks the Atlantean arm, army into going and invading Earth. And they battle it out, Aquaman and Ocean Master. I think it's in Gotham or Boston. I can't remember which city. I think it's Gotham. And they battle it out in the streets of Gotham. Aquaman defeats them. The splash pages on this are phenomenal. It's raining. It's nighttime. You, they both have tridents, and they're both going at it. Both have their hands, too. Abs- yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Aquaman needs the hook hand back. Yeah, man. This is something I really want to see in the movie. Jason Momoa, he confirmed that Ocean Master is the big baddie in the Aquaman 1 movie. I say that because I'm holding out hope for Aquaman 2. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. Get Black Manta in there. Oh, man. Yeah. One of his best villains, for sure. Oh, yeah. They cast him. It's the guy from uh, Baywatch. I forget his name. He's that's the only thing he's in. Yeah, because uh, there was a sorry, there was a, going a while back there. Uh, we did see like behind the scenes, and I thought we saw the Ocean Master costume. You know, oh, there was a while back there yeah. costumes, and I'm pretty sure that looked like Bla- not Ocean Master, sorry, uh, Black Mantis. I'm oh pretty sure yeah, that was his costume in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. That'd be really cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is something brother versus brother. It's very Thor and Loki esque. Okay. Yeah, um, and it turned me into an Aquaman fan. I mean, Aquaman is just so badass and. Ocean Master, he's Aquaman is such a diverse set of villains. We talk about Black Manta, Ocean Master. I guess those are the only two that I can really think of yeah, off the, the top, top of my, my head. head. Yeah. But they're both so awesome, so you could do at least two movies with the, those two. So that's my number four. What do you got, Troy, for your number four? Yeah, going into number four, I'm right there with you with DC. Uh, I'm going off of Nightwing issue 30. Okay. Uh, it's uh 2014 run by uh, James Tian, and uh, it's uh it, this is Batman versus Nightwing. Oh and this, yeah. This is dope. This is coming off the heels off of Forever Evil. Yeah. Where they basically Lex Luthor kind of killed Nightwing, but brought him back. Right. They kept it on their table. Nobody knew that Nightwing was actually still alive. Dick Grayson, when I mentioned Nightwing here, and um, Batman is asking Nightwing to do something, you know, way out of his wheelhouse. He wants Nightwing to remain hidden and killed, and you know, Nightwing doesn't like this decision at all. He's like, what about, what about, um, Batgirl? And what yeah. about Tim Drake? And what about Alfred? Like, you got to keep that. And, you know, leading up to this, if you're reading Batman, Batman has a whole Bat family, but he's been lying to them a lot, you know, going through the quarter of hours. There's, right. there's been some trust issues to the Bat family. And this book is such a cool, um, payoff to all of that, where Batman's still asking them to do the, the unforgivable. So Nightwing accepts this mission but meanwhile, they're doing this huge training montage, and these guys are fighting back and forth, and Nightwing's getting his hits in, and right. Batman's getting his hits in. And I think Batman even drops the line from Christopher Nolan when he's like, you know, why do we get down to pick ourselves up? And oh, I think he drops man. it on Nightwing. I think it's that issue. And it's really cool, you know, like, it's not the best art, but 
you know, they're in the Batcave. These these two guys, Batman and Nightwing, the original Boy Wonder, are just going at it hard, fighting. They're bleeding. It's a it's a tense training scene. It was awesome. It was it's awesome. Bloody and it's it was really that bloody. I want to see on the screen. Right. Oh, I'd love to see it on the screen. You know, if the movie, could you imagine the opening crawl opening up oh. and it's these guys just you know kicking each other's ass and it's yeah. like, who's throwing down with Batman and it's, yeah. it's Nightwing. So it's a really cool, and at the end of the issue, you know, no spoilers, but I've, I've pretty much given up the goods. But you know, Nightwing accepts this mission to now, you know, basically remain dead and go low key and become a um, a spy for Spiral. And he gives up the mantle of Nightwing. He gives up his identity as Dick Grayson, and he goes on this mission, which I think that lasted in the comics for about. 30 issues itself it was a long time it was a long time it was cool at first I kind of got a little yeah. bored of the spy stuff because I, I, I'm a sucker for Nightwing yeah so um, yeah that's my number four man it's a, it's a really cool match going on again a lot of cool splash pages going on I tell you you make yeah. me want to reread Nightwing yeah. like, just the passion it was such a good series I really got to reread that. Maybe I'll get it in trades one day and I'll just Definitely, flip man. through it. Definitely. I got some here. And it's cool, especially, you know, if you get into Batman 2011, New 52, where it's uh, the Court of Owls is going so on. And good. then, and then you, you, you pick up the Nightwing book and it's the City of Owls and you find out how connected Nightwing is to the Court of Owls and he's meant to be a talent himself. You know, like his name's Grayson, but he's actually like the Grey Sun. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. <laughs> I, I really love, you know, people can talk what they want about uh, the New 52. It really got me into DC me and too. I love everything with batman i love the wonder woman run i know you love that run in new 52 so good. nightwing's great and the middle run of bat um superman is pretty cool too yeah so how's yeah. the nightwing rebirth love it yeah oh, i love it i just actually finished an issue right now issue 24 i just got off the heels of where he's fighting uh some cool villains that have made appearance so yeah no i definitely love love that issue of nightwing number 30 go out there and check it out matter of fact guys go and check out all these fight scenes we were mentioning to you guys yes. here yeah, absolutely. Check them out at your local comic book shop. Um, don't do it online because online comics are not as cool as real comics. That's not as cool. You don't get that smell. You mean you, yeah. you can download them? You can go to like you know the Marvel and DC websites and actually pay for these things. But don't don't be cheaping out and uh, yeah, get get the real get feel. the real thing. Get yeah. the smell. Of Support the your local comic shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's your number three, man? I'm I'm staying in the Bat family. Cool. So we're used to Batman winning. He almost never loses. Yeah. But what about the night that Batman broke his back? Or Batman got his back broken. Yes, oh. that's right. By yes. the one, the only, the Bane. Nightfall. Nightfall, number 11. So Bane, you know, this is his first appearance. And he came out on the scene in a big way. The 90s were not very kind to DC superheroes. Pretty much all of them got knocked off. And there's this new wave of superheroes that tried to take over kind of like what we're seeing in marvel right now and fans had a clamoring for the original heroes but the reason is because originals are just so iconic and batman had been through so much and he had never lost he had always found a way to come out on top so this new villain bane comes on the scene and he's smart he's not just strong he's a strategist you mean he's not like the one in the schmoomacher <laughs> bane smash just just so funny but so bad <laughs> like that borat impression i guess <laughs> it's so funny but so bad <laughs> uh so you got bane and batman had been sick he had this virus and it was a very deadly virus and he had survived but he had weakened and bane goes out and he goes to arkham and he releases all of batman's villains so batman has to go and capture all the villains to bring him back into arkham when he does that, he goes back into Wayne Manor and he's like, I can rest for the night. 
but Bane had deduced that Bruce Wayne was in fact Batman. So he's waiting for him in the Bat Cave, and that's when all hell breaks loose. Poor Bruce Wayne never stood a chance. This is a beatdown. Sometimes it's hard to even read because I hate seeing Bruce Wayne get his ass handed to him, but that's that's what this was. And Christopher Nolan did it perfectly, I think, in The Dark Knight Rises. That's the best thing he did in that movie, from oh, my opinion. Yeah. It was, you know, there is no score. The music was silent. All you can hear is the raindrops. And you just hear Bane. He's like, I was wondering what would break first, your body or your spirit. And then he snaps Batman's back. Like, he grabs up Bruce Wayne Batman. And then he gives him, like, a backbreaker. It's iconic. It, oh, yeah. That one panel when it's like, I must break you. And then it has him over his knee totally 90s amazement in that panel and uh, it's just it gets me because that's when i started getting into comic books was the 90s and i know a lot of people shit on 90s comics because they said it was overly violent and overly too many guns and too many pouches too many pouches yeah Yeah, yeah. i love the pouches it's just iconic it's a unique era it's kind of like 80s rock 80s rock with the long hair, the glam rock. You long know. hair don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we talk about Guns N' Roses, Troy, who, what's your uh, number three? Well, 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 just going off of what you said, man, you know, yeah. I, I've never Nightfall. And uh, that, that was something else. That was crazy. I, I, what year did that one come out? 94? Uh, 92, I think. So it's interesting because I always felt like Bane was kind of DC's answer to Venom. Right, because he even took Venom. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of found the similarities. And he was meant to be like that new arch enemy to Spider-Man as what Bane was to Batman and and he filled those shoes uh I, I like that run of theirs you know I didn't like Jean-Paul Valley so like bad them. I didn't the, like them the claws yeah it was just and that and that and that felt like Spider-Man 2 2009 yeah. like, it's just way too souped up and I, I remember how that whole book ends eventually where you know Nightwing and Bruce are talking and you know Nightwing's like if you asked me I would have taken the mantle like I would have stepped in those shoes and they had a real cool father and son moment which I really appreciated so that book has major consequences but but major payoff and yeah that's a good run so there was a lot of controversy when that came out a lot of people were when they heard Batman was finally gonna get defeated they expected the Joker to do it right and they were upset that this new guy Bane they said he hadn't earned the right yet to do it right what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I totally think he does. I could totally understand where they're coming from, from that perspective that, you know, the Joker should have been the one. But the way, if you read this comic book, how Bane is, you know, he's a brooding looking force, but intellectually, he's so much more than what he is physically. Mm-hmm. And to see how he pulls off and just, you know, picks and pulls at Batman and, and sends out a whole, you know, the best rogues, one of the best rogues gallery after Batman. Yeah. And then he's waiting for him and he really just gives it to Batman. And, and Batman, you know, is the best detective out there, but he didn't see this coming yep. at all. So, um, yeah, hats off to Bane. And, and you know, going into a rebirth right now, uh, what's that comic run that just happened? I am uh, Bane. I am Bane. So good. You know, and when you read Nightfall and then if you, and you connect those tissues to this book, it all just fits so well in the history yeah. that those two have had. He's one of Batman's best villains for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad they came back and they gave Bane some props because yes. for a while he was just the mindless goon yeah. that Batman could defeat in two seconds. Yeah, and then an anti-hero here and there. And yeah, I, I really like how they brought him back into the fold. and. If you guys haven't read the Rebirth run yet of I Am Bane, go check those comic books out for sure. Yeah, there's a really cool run as well that Bane was involved in. I think it was Forever Evil Gotham, and it was all of Batman's rogue gallery having like this brawl on the streets of Gotham because there's no more superheroes. I have the issues. I haven't read it yet, but it looks interesting, and Bane is heavily featured in that. Yeah, not spoiling anything. I kind of touched on that one a little bit too, and I I think Bane kind of like 
takes on the mantle himself a little bit of, of Batman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. And I think he has the uh, Tom Hardy code in that, The Dark Knight that's Rises. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Iconic, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. That's another movie me and you are going to have to rewatch is Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Because that is my all-time favorite superhero film. Yeah, see, you love that one. That one was, for me, the weakest one in that, in that franchise. But there's moments in there that I'm like, wow, Christopher Nolan, you, you killed it here. And then yeah. there's other moments that I'm like, oh, I'm just not quite there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But definitely, overall, good trilogy. So, speaking of trilogy... That would be number three, and I'm moving on to number three. Good segue. Good segue. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'll leave it at that segue before I butcher the segue. <laughs> I'm moving on to Civil War, issue one to issue seven, 2006. You got Cap, and you got Iron Man. Huge, huge fight going on throughout these issues. This, this is big. Civil War really put people back in the comics. You know, Absolutely. This, this is like just massive what this did as a trade, as a single issue. I know Tim's out there and he, he loves this book himself. He's a big cap guy. And um, man, this is great. Iron Man versus Captain America. You know, you got some uh, some stuff going on between the two. You got times and moments when those guys are about to come together and you think the war's going to end. Yeah. And it doesn't. And Iron Man pulls a little, you know, devastating kind of move and, and zaps Cap. And ultimately, spoilers here, this, this this book's been out for about 11 years. Yeah. Um, you know, Cap obviously bites it at the end of this uh, this book. He bites it, literally. Yeah, yeah. He does bite that bullet. So all in all, and, and this is written by Mark Millar. This guy's done... Um, yeah, I did. He did do Kingsman, yeah. and he did do obviously Civil War. He's done. Uh, did he do Kickass as well? I can't. Yeah, remember. he did. Yeah, I think he did do Kickass. So there you go. So yeah, definitely pick this one up if you haven't already. Uh, the artist is fantastic through and through. This is one of the. This is probably you know getting outside of um, Infinity Crisis and getting outside of Infinity War. Um, it was an Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis is the DC one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Infinite Crisis, Infinity War, getting outside of that in Secret Wars, this is like one of the all-time event comic books to really put things and make it an annual event where you're getting event comics. Um, This was the beginning, really, too, of like superheroes fighting superheroes, which is kind of played out now, but at the time... That was something to see where you had Spider-Man revealing to the world that he's Peter Parker. You know, you got a fake Thor coming in there, killing Goliath. Yeah. Uh, you got um, Steve Rogers on the run, going underground. You got Punisher trying to join forces with Captain America. But, man, there's so much goodness in this book <laughs> of uh, Civil War 2006. I, I I just feel like reading this book all over again right now. It's so epic. And the thing I love about it was it included the whole Marvel Universe. Yes. Everyone had an opinion that was a superhero. And the thing that was interesting was both sides, in a way, were correct. Right? Like, Captain America, he wanted to protect his identity because these people go out and they risk their lives to save you and me. Yeah, and it's their choice. It's their choice, yeah. right? And but Iron Man, you know, he had a great counterpoint where he said we got to be held responsible because there was a tragedy where it was a school that blew up. Yeah, set by like a reality TV show of yeah. the new warriors, or the young warriors. That's right, yeah. Speedball. Speedball set it off. Yeah. yeah, and it was really cool and very dark and I knew the movie it couldn't have gotten that way. No. You couldn't have blown up a uh, elementary school. No. It the movie would have tanked, I think, at the box office right. had they done that. Yeah. But I love how relevant it is. You know, it's no r- right or wrong answer. It's not black or white. It's shades of gray and it's who you identified with. And I think reading that, when I was reading it, I was more on the side of Cap. Oh, yeah, same yeah. here. And that's the genius part of this because I know there's other people out there that were totally rooted for Tony. Yeah. And, and and that's so cool because I feel like when they did Civil War II, 
they couldn't do that. Civil War Two, you were all about Tony. Nobody yeah. was agreeing with Captain Marvel. Yeah, and she really looked like the uh, the antagonist throughout yeah. the whole thing. Whereas this one, you could have looked either way and been like, ah, uh, you know, Steve Rogers, you're kind of out of line here. You could see Tony. Iron Man's side totally, totally, and I yeah. and I love that. And like you mentioned, you really include the whole Marvel universe in there from the X Men being like, you know what, we're out of this because yeah. where were you guys when we were having our you know battle? So yeah, ah man, great book. Hats off to Mark Millar, and that's my number three. Go out there and check that book if you haven't, and go get the movie yeah absolutely i picked up the trade on kijiji for 10 bucks oh nice yeah that's nice. a nice job. you got so the hard tried. cover or the soft cover yeah, yeah i tried to collect the single issues mm-hmm. but one when i did i would never go back and reread it and two when the movie came out they just became too expensive oh for sure yeah for sure yeah i i, I have the single issues for spider-man i have the i think it's a soft cover no i have the hard cover for um civil war that's my only hardcover trade i have just because i feel like that book is just epicness yeah 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 i agree yeah and it's only six issues but it seems like longer seven issues seven issues yeah 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 yeah. i think there's an issue zero even i can't remember but but it's definitely seven issues yeah what's your number two man my number two this is you know i'm keeping in the bat family there we go this is probably the greatest clash of superhero fights you know we talked about iron man and cap oh yeah Let's talk about DC's Iron Man and Cap. Let's talk about Superman. Let's talk about Batman. Oh, yeah. All day. Uh, talking about The Dark Knight Returns, the issue four, the very end of it, we have Bruce Wayne coming out of retirement, and you have Superman, who is in Superman in name only in some ways, because I don't think this is a great representation of Superman in this comic book. As a Superman fan, it always irks me whenever I read this book. But you needed Superman in it because he's Superman. So the U.S. president... He goes and he says, Superman, you got to stop Batman. Batman has come out of retirement and he's trying to stop the Joker. And as well, he's trying to stop. Uh, what's the game? The mutants. Yeah. Mutant gang. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. He's trying to stop the mutants. Thanks, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and Superman says, you know, you're causing too much collateral damage. I'm going to have to stop you. And they go at it. And it is fantastic to see these two Titans finally throw down and go at it one on one. And the thing I liked about this is. You got a clear winner. Sometimes when you see superheroes fight, you know, they don't show you who's going to win because Stan Lee said, if you show, I can't remember, X fighting Y and Y loses, then the readers of the comic book from the Y character, they're not going to enjoy it as much next month. But this one, they gave us a clear winner and it worked because it's an Elseworlds story. And they also made sure that you know Superman held back because if Superman was going full force, you know, Batman would have bit it. And I think they did a really good job showcasing this fight in Batman v Superman. It was brief, but this fight was also brief in the comic book as well. But it's impactful seeing these two titans. I mean, seeing the bat symbol and the shield fighting one another. It's powerful stuff. What are your thoughts? Do you remember reading this? Uh, Of course you've read this. Oh, man. This is is so on the money. Uh, This is cool. So Frank Miller did this book. This graphic novel, and he gave us Batman Year One. I think he gave us Batman Year One after this. Yeah, and he he gave us Daredevil Born Again. That's right. With with uh, which is so good, yeah. so good. Anyways, this you know Frank Miller's so good at bringing out this this gritty raw emotion kind of book, and he does it all in this in in, in this novel here, this graphic novel. And I really like it. I, I really feel like this book really, or I should say the Batman v Superman, Ben Affleck really pays homage to that Bruce Wayne. I really yeah. feel like he pulls the strings from that one, that, that seasoned Batman. And uh, man, this is so good. It, it has like that bit of that Mad Max feel. Yeah, too, totally. I didn't even book. think of that. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's 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 so good. The Joker something else. And Green Arrow. We got the one on yes, Green Arrow. That's right, yeah. Right? In the, Shooting in the, the kryptonite arrow. Exactly. And it you know, it totally makes sense that Green Arrow at that point would be teaming up with Batman at that point to do what he did. Um it, I, I feel you for sure with the Superman. It did feel a little out of out of character. Yeah, he seemed know? too like boys Way not too even boy like scout. boy scouty, but Superman is always about what's right. He exactly. would never just trust the U.S. president. I mean, think about how scary that would be right now if Superman just trusted Donald Trump. Oh, horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Right? Yeah. I mean, Superman would never trust Donald Trump. Never. Superman would fly into the White House and get rid of him. <laughs> or Zod would. <laughs> yeah. Neil. Oh, that'd be um, amazing. And then the Joker. This, yeah. This is a pretty cool take on the Joker. And we got our first uh, female Robin. That's right, Carrie right. Kelly. That's right, with the slingshot, which wasn't very believable about <laughs> this one. But she was pretty cool. Um, all, all around, this is a good book. I think, I can't remember if Jason, if if there were current Robin in that universe before, if his Dick Grayson died or if it was still the Jason Todd. Because I do oh, remember right. them touching on the Robin dying. I just couldn't yeah. remember because it's an Elseworld right. book uh, who, um, who died. But this is a must check out. And if you don't like to read, you know, you can either... Don't do BVS. Just go out and get um, the Dark Knight Returns uh, animated, animated movie. They did a good job. That one's pretty good. Yeah, the animation's I really like pretty that. close to to the to the. Yeah, the they did a really good job. It's part one and part two. That's right. But they, you can watch them back to back. That's right. And, and Joker has a crazy scene in there with um, like a like a Conan. Yeah, Conan O'Brien yeah. actually voices him. Oh, does he? Okay, yeah, he's yeah. the uh, talk show host. He did. Hey, yeah. yeah, that's that's something else. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's that's a real good pick, man. Yeah, and that's actually under my radar. How did I forget that one? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, Hand in uh, your nerd room card, Troy. Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. Not enough Superman in here. Yeah. As I look around. Got two figures. Superman. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, I'm going to number two. Okay. Number two, and I'm keeping it current. This is 2017. Wow. This is one of Tim's boys, Charles Soule, and one of my favorite artists, Giuseppe, on the art. And this is Darth Vader. Oh. I'm talking about year one, this is Darth Vader year one. Yeah. I'm a big Darth Vader guy. Big, big Darth Vader guy. And if you like episode three like I do, pop that bad boy in your DVD or your Blu-ray player or Yo, your 4K I love player. episode three as well. There you go. Yeah, you like that one? Just watched it. Well, there you go. So once you finish watching that again, go go, go back and get issues one, two, three, four. I don't think five's out yet of this comic book. It takes place right after episode three. Okay. And the big reveal is, not the reveal, but the whole premise of this book is Darth Vader needs to go on his journey to get himself a lightsaber. Oh. But he can't just make one. He has to no. go and find a Jedi that's still out there, challenge him without a lightsaber, and kill that Jedi and retrieve that lightsaber to wow. make it his own. And man, this is Vader. This is so good. You know, because <laughs> this isn't the Vader that we know from Rogue One, where he yeah. can just hack and slash and use the Force and kick, anyone, kick anyone's ass. Right. This is still a Vader that's young and, and, and very reminiscent of a year one Batman. And he uh, comes across this character called, uh, I think, Kirik. A Jedi Master who's kind of exiled himself to do further training, and he can feel the disturbance, this monster, this this darkness in the Force, right. which is Vader gunning for him. These two cross paths in this uh, this planet, and the art, the splash pages are incredible. Again, we have Vader with no lightsaber, but he's using a lot of the Force pushing, doing all sorts of incredible things. But while this Jedi Master is 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 is, is feared, you know, yeah. he's he's pretty scared of Vader. There's moments where you can see he's terrified. <laughs> he knows it's the end. And um, man, this is just such a great issue. We get to see Vader broken down again, so not quite learning his lessons from fighting with Obi Wan, right? But he still knows at the end of the day that he will not lose. Great panel in this book is when Vader gets pushed off the cliff. You think it's the end of Vader, but we all know it's not. <laughs> he comes back after, and um, 
kind of gathers himself and really goes full on and uh, defeats this uh, Jedi Master and retrieves that lightsaber. So this is this is current. This is really new. Yeah. This is not even a month or two old. And number two. Wow. Yeah, and this is my number two. I love what they did. And this is this is more of that Rogue One goodness, yeah. but in a different way yeah. of, of Vader. So definitely go out there, guys. Charles Soule does no wrong. He's he's done a great run on Daredevil currently in the all-new, all-different okay. Daredevil, where he's rocking the black suit. And again, Giuseppe's done some really great art on Spider-Man. Yeah. And what's cool with Giuseppe's art is... Is I know some people aren't the biggest fan of John Romano Jr. And I'm not trying to compare Giuseppe's art to John Romano Jr., but yeah. it's kind of very characterized. And with Vader, that works because you can pull on emotions with his helmet in different ways right. without him having to explain it. Yeah. Whereas I feel with the old Vader comic that came out, uh, I think 2015 by Marvel, they, they had a hard time portraying uh, Vader's emotions. So every time they'd have to give you a bubble or some kind of explanation of what's going on in his head. This book doesn't suffer from that at all. So go out there and check out 2017's Darth Vader. I dub it Darth Vader Year One. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. The the thing I like most about Darth Vader is his look. Oh, yeah. It's such a menacing look. And I think that's part of the reason why Star Wars captivated the audiences when it did when it first came out and it was brand new. Nothing like the look of Darth Vader had ever been seen before. No. It's downright terrifying. And seeing that, add in the sci-fi elements and everything surrounded, the tragic backstory, he's just the perfect character. He's he's great, man. I, I love Darth Vader so much. And he's that tragic character, tragic hero, tragic villain. Yeah. And and we've seen all, all points of that character. And, and, you know, I can only ask for more, and I'm getting it here in this comic. And, and you're right, we haven't really seen anything like him. I mean... Doctor Doom, kind of. At yeah, Doctor Doom esque, totally. A little bit, and I think he's kind of roughly inspired by that look yeah. of Doctor Doom. But when you throw Doctor Doom in all black, and you give this guy a red lightsaber, you got Vader and that helmet, right? It, it says wonders. So you um, just uh, gave me a brilliant idea. Fox should yeah. do Doctor Doom, but like make him all black. Oh, how shoot. menacing would that be? That would be menacing. You know, he kind of has a cool look right now, actually, in the comics, the infamous Iron Man. Okay. Where he's take, basically taking the Iron Man armor. Yeah. It's still silver, but he just walks the green cape oh. and the hoodie. It's very menacing. And he's he's on the side of good in this comic. So that's another recommendation is uh, the infamous Iron Man. Go check it out. Cool. Yeah, cool. Lots of recommendations. Lots of recommendations. Episode. Give yeah. us another one, man. Let's hear your number one. Number one. Okay. I talked about Superman quite a bit. But what happens when Superman falls? I'm going back to the 90s. I said it was a bad time for DC superheroes. Superman versus the Kryptonian deformity doomsday. Oh, that long hair don't care once yeah, again. Yeah, with the blue or with the green cargo pants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Doomsday was one tough mother. So he came into the DC universe and he mowed down the entire Justice League with one hand tied behind his back. The containment suit doomsday in my mind, is one of the most terrifying and great looks for a character you're ever going to see. He's in the green, and you can only see, like, you can't even see very much. This character jumped onto the, uh, this character jumped onto the scene in the 90s, and, you know, he was a brand new character. They created him, and the only one that could defeat him was Superman. And Superman paid the ultimate price. He gave his life, and him and Doomsday went toe-to-toe in what is one of the greatest action scenes in comic history. This story has almost no dialogue. As the story progresses, the art panels get larger and larger until the last issue is nothing but splash pages. Every page 
is a full page of them hitting each other, doing uh, other moves to each other to try to defeat him. It's tremendous. Something like that had never been done before. And I don't think it could ever work again because they built up this Doomsday character as this unmovable object, this unstoppable force. And it was reminding me in the 90s of the wrestler Goldberg when he had that streak and he was like 170 and 0. And people, spear. Yeah, that's right. And yep. the jackhammer. Oh, yeah. And people were like, who's going to stop him? That's what Doomsday was. Who was going to stop him? So you call up Superman and... It is just fantastic. You see the iconic image of Superman, the suits torn apart, Lois is holding him, and the cape as a flag in tatters. Iconic. And, okay, this might be controversial, but the Batman v Superman Doomsday fight, although I didn't like the look of Doomsday, I think they could have been more comic accurate. I thought the way that Superman sacrificed himself was so boss, where he takes the Kryptonian spear jabs it in doomsday but it's not in far enough so that he grabs doomsday's spike and he pulls himself closer sacrificing his own life so that way doomsday could die how awesome was that i mean that scene just i haven't yet to watch the movie without crying at superman's death in that they did it well they maybe did it a little too early i mean it's only the second movie but he's coming back in justice league so troy you remember this? I mean, Superman versus Doomsday. The death of Superman. Comic books. I mean, this thing sold over a million issues. Comic book stores actually held, like, vigils. And people were crying. And this actually made the news. Like, CNN talked about, like, Superman was dying. And it was huge, huge, huge news story from the 90s. Oh, man, this is massive. You could not be a kid in the 90s. I don't care if you read comics. I don't care if you played with Barbies. I don't care if you were playing in a treehouse. <laughs> if you didn't hear about the death of Superman, yeah. you were doing something wrong because this was massive. This was huge. Um, I think DC was kind of in a rough patch at this point. Marvel was doing okay. And yeah. um, they, they dropped a bomb on us. They did, uh, and in a good way, too. Yeah. They, they, they dropped the, the death of Superman. And Doomsday, like, you, what else can I say about this character that you have not mentioned? He was just had this this force, this presence to me. Like, who the hell's gonna stop this guy? Yeah. And like you mentioned, there's so many iconic things that came out of this book from Superman's tattered costume. Yeah. How many times do you see superheroes now with the tattered costumes? This oh, is the look. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Superman pulled that off, and and the cape, um, the flag cape, so was crazy. iconic. And, and Lois, you know, holding Superman and. I think what the Justice League tried going up against them, they didn't stand a chance. I think or Batman. Yeah, and yeah those the guys. Justice League was so poor at the time. Like yeah. Batman, Superman, Aquaman were all not a part of it. So right. it was like a B list Justice mm-hmm. League, and they just got teamed. like Red Tornado and stuff like that. Or yeah, it, yeah. it, it wasn't a very good Justice. No, it wasn't. League. It was, yeah. No, clearly not. Even yeah, if they had the best Justice League. They wouldn't. They wouldn't yeah. be able to stop this guy. Yeah, this this book was something else, and man, that was crazy. I love the art. I can't remember who was yeah, behind the art right. at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all in all, this was a great book. And, you know, this was kind of like the downfall of Marvel because, you know, if you have the death of Superman and your competitor is Marvel yeah. and your go-to at the time is Spider-Man and the X-Men, well, they, they tried doing something big with Spider-Man, which was the Clone series yeah, and the Clone Saga. And that, that wasn't received well at all. That was meant no. to be the next thing to compete against the death of Superman, which right. lasted for like six years, this 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 Clone Saga book. Yeah. And it's just a mess. So, um 
death of Superman, death of Spider-Man all in one there, I guess, because that wasn't a good look at all. But yeah, that, that's a good call. I mean, I don't even know how I didn't even think of that one. And as Troy, you brought that up, I know yeah. I'm slacking here, but man, you know, I'd love to get my hands on like a nice statue of those two going at it. Doomsday. They're and, releasing uh, one they have to, in right? November. Yeah. Yeah. Icons. I think it's going to be pretty pricey. But it's it looks fantastic, and it's the traditional Doomsday. It's literally ripped out of the pages, and the Superman flag is in the background. Oh. This is a day one purchase for me. I don't even care if it's three hundred bucks. Right? I'm getting it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. And I echo your thoughts on uh, the BVS because I really feel like if you guys could have done one thing right, it could have been to capture the look of Doomsday. How yeah. cool would it have been to see? Yeah. Just the look. He didn't have to be this ogre. He could have been, you know, bigger than Superman, of course. Yeah. But he should have had those spikes. Yeah. And the long that, that hair. Jaw. Yeah, all that. Because I think even Smallville. He didn't look as good, obviously, but they portrayed yeah. Doomsday in an interesting way. Yeah, more that more so captivating than what they did in BVS. And um, man, that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a great pick. Number yeah. one, eh? That's yeah. awesome. Just yeah, just so iconic. Yeah. So who do you got for number one? Well, number one, I'm going with my all-time favorite right here. Yeah. This is Back in Black issues one to five, written by JMS. Spider-Man, Peter Parker versus the Kingpin. Wow. Yeah, they'll, they'll, this book is great. This really got me into comics hard again. Um, yeah. My wife now, girlfriend at the time while she was away in school, sent me five issues bored and bagged of Batman, wow. uh, of Spider-Man back in black. And I never had comics like bored in before. I've seen yeah. them, but I didn't really get the idea of them. And when I held those in my hands, I was like, this is, this is precious. This is like a incredible feeling. Yeah. And um, I got those books and I read right through it. And this is off the heels of Civil War. Yeah. So after Spider-Man, you know, um, revealed to the whole world who he is, he's Peter Parker, all of his enemies are gunning for him. Yeah. And at this point, they lost the war. Spider-Man's already taken on the black costume because they've gone underground. Oh, okay. And somebody has sent a sniper out for Spider-Man. Spider-Man obviously having spider senses dodges the bullet. Yeah. Misses MJ, but hits his Aunt May. And oh. And reading this comic, there's one thing you don't do. You don't harm Spider-Man's Aunt May. No. Spider-Man goes crazy hunting every thug in town. Everybody already knows who Spider-Man is. Yeah. So you got this, you got wicked scenes of Spider-Man web slinging all over the city you know, just, just as Peter Parker. He doesn't yeah. care anymore. That's so cool. It's so cool. It's so badass. And he finally tracks the Kingpin and they have some crazy dialogue as on, on uh, some crazy dialogue through the phone talking trash back and forth to each other. And Peter Parker goes to the prison where uh, Kingpin's being held. Yeah. Goes in there um, in the black costume. Oh. And he just sets the tone. You know, originally when he wore the black costume, he wasn't bad. It's just a cool look. But yeah. in the 90s cartoon, they made out that he's bad. Right. In this comic, they live up to it and they make him bad. Spider-Man is on the verge of killing. He goes down there, kicks a lot of ass, challenges Kingpin to a fight. Kingpin says, hey, you're Spider-Man. You're not going to kill me. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Peels off the black costume and goes down to Peter Parker. But he's like, I will. Wow. You know, and he just sets the tone. He lays, there's a huge splash page of him laying out on the Kingpin, just goes to work on him. Um, And man, this is a great issue. So... Guys, if you want to get to Spider-Man, if, if yeah. you think you know Spider-Man, go read this book because there's a different spin. Yeah. This is also during the time of the Sam Raimi films, right? Oh, Where Spider-Man right. Could, had the organic webbing. Yeah. You know, so you got Spider-Man basically um, torturing characters, you know, sticking his hand in someone's mouth being like, give me the answers or else I'm going to fill you up with my web. Wow. You know, like he's, he's hardcore. Bad. He's yeah. hardcore. This is, this is like some Batman writing going on yeah. for Spider-Man in the black suit. So, ah, guys, if I can echo or, or get anything across... It's pick up Darth Vader number two, <laughs> pick up Back in Black, Spider-Man issues one to five. Fantastic. I, that black suit is just so iconic. It's it one is. of the few suits that 
when you have the hero change costumes, that it still works. Yes. Right? Like Batman, he changed. It didn't really work. Superman, there was a backlash when he took off his underwear. Yeah. I think this... I like the black suit better than the red and blue. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it sticks around. And it's cool because I love the black suit. And then just when I feel like, ah, oh, we can switch it up, they give us the red suit for a while. And every now and then they go yeah. back to that black suit and it works every time. I had some yeah. action figures of the black suit Spider-Man. Oh, man. Just so iconic. There you go. I got my Marvel Legend up here in the black suit. So cool. Up, and uh, I love that guy, man. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's great. You're right. That's a, that's a good call. You mentioned that. Not too many costumes people change up. I mean... Wolverine, you can go either way with like the tanned orange and the brown, yeah, or the tiger, you know, blue and yellow, yeah, that works. But uh, yeah, for the most part, not too many heroes can change up their costumes and make it work. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, that about wraps it. Of the Nerd Room episode eighty-five. That's right. It's been incredible, man. This has this been great. Fun. This is fun. It, it feels good to you know really sink our teeth into some of these comic books because, yeah. guys, this is what binds us all: Star Wars, DC. Action figures, collecting, movies, and of course, comic books. Absolutely. It's been a while since we talked comic books. And, you know, I've been slacking on my reading, but I'm slowly getting back into it. You know, Action Comics has been killing it lately. Yep. And, and Aquaman has been killing it as well. So I just love the A comics, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, it's been great. Um, thanks for tuning in and joining us. And, to keep this show going even more so, keep up the conversation. Hit us in the chat boards on our YouTube page and www.thenerdroom.net for more incredible content. Our man Tim and Sanjay and everybody is putting on some cool content down on that website and all around just keeping up with you guys. So let us know what you guys think of the show. And let us know, um, is there a fight that we missed? Exactly. I mean, what is one of your guys' best fights? Tim, we want to hear from you. I mean, I left out Marvel. Troy had a couple Marvels in there. Tim, what is some great Captain America fights? Fighting Red Skull would definitely probably make Tim's list. Yeah, probably Bucky in there too. Bucky in there. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Groot. Cap versus Groot. Maybe. Captain Garner cutting them trees. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, let us know. Send us a tweet. You can catch our handles at the end of the episode. And let us know what we missed or let us know if there's one that you really liked that we mentioned, you know, let us know. Absolutely, guys. And to stay tuned. So we'll be back um, next Thursday, episode 86. The man himself, Tim, will be back holding down the fort alongside with us two knuckleheads. So keep up with us, guys, on our YouTube page. And once again, I'm going to give it another plug, www.thenerdroom.net. Stay tuned. Thanks a lot, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. And for the Nerd Room, I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering our Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.